friend. Welcome to episode 44 of Sally's Performing Arts Lab podcast. Choreographer, dancer, and filmmaker Charlie Wenzel joins me on this episode of Sally Pal. I'm your Sally Pal podcast host, Sally Adams. I talk to people about creating original work for a live audience. Send an email anytime to sally at sallypal.com. Big announcement! I'll be at New York's Town Stages with a live feed on Wednesday, August 8th. My daughter, writer Emily Adams, joins me at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'll be having fun interviewing all kinds of creative people until 5 or 6 p.m., Eastern Standard Time. Join me and Emily to celebrate one year of Sally Pal <laughs> and performing arts in the greatest city in the world. The greatest city in the world. <laughs> I'm sorry, Lynn Manuel Miranda. Charlie Wenzel is a dancer, choreographer, and filmmaker. You may be able to tell from her accent that she's originally from Germany. She moved to New York nearly 15 years ago to continue to study dance. Charlie met Teresa Fellian, who you may remember from episode 25. The two met at the Alvin Ailey School. Charlie danced with Teresa in the early days of Teresa's company. After a few years exploring other creative venues, including film, Teresa and Charlie joined forces once again. Charlie recognizes both her and Teresa's styles have evolved over time, making their collaborative efforts richer and more exciting. She currently works as the rehearsal director for Teresa Fellian's Body Stories. Charlie has won numerous awards for both dance and film, making her a tour de force in the arts world. Charlie Wenzel is a big fan of immersive art. She currently performs in Third Rail Project's critically acclaimed immersive dance theater piece, Then She Fell. In this piece, an audience moves from room to room, meeting different characters in a story. Then She Fell is based on the writings and life of Lewis Carroll and his interactions with Alice Little. Charlie just started working on a new piece for Body Stories, set to premiere in December at Triskelion Art in Brooklyn, New York. Starting a dance piece from scratch begins with experimenting in the studio where the artists must imagine audience reactions while creating movement that tells a story. According to Charlie, an immersive show gives a performer an intimate experience with the audience. Charlie believes this audience intimacy helped her develop her skills directing dancers because anything can happen. An audience member who interacts with storytellers becomes part of the performance rather than passively watching a show. I love this idea because I truly believe, passive or not, the audience is always the final collaborator. In addition to live performance, Charlie experiments with the storytelling possibilities on film. Her independent dance films use location, angles, and the ability to move in and out with a lens to enhance the storytelling. Charlie collaborates with a film director to create clear story focus. In addition to live performance, Charlie experiments with the storytelling possibilities on film. Her independent dance films use location, angles, and the ability to move in and out with a lens to enhance the storytelling. Charlie collaborates with a film director to create clear story focus. 
In filmmaking, as in theater, each artist brings a skill set to the medium. In addition to being a dancer and choreographer, Charlie understands the technical aspects of shooting on film. Her film projection designs for body stories created a conversation between the live performers on stage and the images on screen. Currently, she's working on an immersive virtual reality dance piece. According to Charlie, film festivals focusing on virtual reality are creating a demand for experiential filmmaking. In virtual reality filming, the camera shoots 360 degrees. It creates some challenges as the 360 view can reveal crew members, equipment, and things you might ordinarily be able to avoid. But virtual reality filming also creates choice for the audience. A 360 director must account for that audience choice while shooting a virtual reality film. This is a long and laborious process, and one short virtual reality film could take up to a year to complete. Despite her focus and commitment to these projects, Charlie Wenzel is a charmer. I think you're really going to enjoy this interview. I've included links to the things we mentioned during the interview in the blog and show notes. These include Teresa Fellian Dance, Then She Fell, Cynthia Hennen Marino from Episode 41, Triskelion Arts in Brooklyn, and... Lewis Carroll, and Alice Little. I know you'll enjoy episode 44 with Charlie Wenzel. Be sure and listen until the end of the interview for concise advice from the interview and words of wisdom from George. Let's get started. Charlie Wenzel, dancer, choreographer, and filmmaker. Welcome to Sally Pal. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to talk with you. We met through Teresa Fellian of Teresa Fellian Dance, and she speaks volumes of praise about your work. You are doing all kinds of new work for Live Audience as the new director of Teresa Fellian Dance. Right. So, yeah, I've been her rehearsal director for a few years now, actually. There's a work you're working on right now, I think, called Then She Fell. Yes, I'm also a performer in Then She Fell. I've been with Spirit Rail Project for a little over two years now. Tell me a little bit about Then She Fell, and then I'd love to know about the collaborative process of uh, Body Stories. Okay, sure. Um, so Then She Fell is an immersive dance theater uh, piece that's been running for, I think, almost six years now. And it's really hard to explain. It's something that you have to experience to really understand what it is all about. But it's not your regular stage performance where the audience is on one side and the performance are on stage, but as an audience, you're actually immersed in the piece. So you're moving from room to room and you're meeting different characters of the story. Is there a message that you're trying to deliver or is it an experience? Well, then she thought it was based on the writings of uh, Lewis Carroll, who has mm-hmm. written Alice in Wonderland, Through the Looking Glass. And it's based on his writings, but also on his life and his experience with the real life uh, Alice Little, who uh, Alice in Wonderland is based on. Right. And she was a neighbor, I think, wasn't she? They were family friends. So it's just loosely based on his writings and on his relationship with Alice Little. Has it evolved in any way different from the way it started? Yeah, definitely. It actually started at a different location when they first got their run. I think they expected it to be a few-week run, and then it was so successful that they continued on and they moved to a different location. So it has evolved definitely over time uh, because of the change of location, 
But, you know, with any creative work, you know, it's going to evolve over time. Like there are new performers coming in. So I think that's just like a natural progression. It's a really amazing experience, I have to say, because you're so close. It's so intimate. There are only 15 audience members. And as a performer, a lot of the times you are alone with only one audience member in the room. And it's just a very intimate experience. And you're working off of the energy of the audience. And it's just like a, you know, it's like a conversation. Do you ever find yourself distracted by the audience's reaction to the work? Not so much distracted. I think that's what keeps it alive and fresh because you never know how the audience is going to react. And every show is going to be different because you're always interacting with different people. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it can be a challenge, but it's also really exciting. Some of the experience that I had with Body Stories, the latest piece we did was um, more of an immersive piece in the sense where we had uh, audience on stage, sit on stage, Mm -hmm. and be included in in the piece. And I think there are some valuable things that I learned from Third Bread Projects that I could um, use for our latest piece with uh, body stories. Like how to navigate, how to guide the audience, how to approach them, what's comfortable. Because for a lot of people, it's it's a very unusual way to be so up close with uh, performers. So you have to be very sensitive. Do you ever have to use technicians to help the audience understand where they need to be in any moment? We actually use the dancers to guide the audience to different places on stage. And we definitely went through a process of testing, like having a test audience and try it out and see what's effective and what's clear to make sure there's no confusion and to be, you know, just as clear as we could so the audience understood, you know, where they had to go. How much can you interact with your audience? Can you actually dance with your audience? Not so much in in Then She Fell. With Body Stories, we definitely had some audience that would dance. Like that was was, um, a piece that we did, I think, about a year ago. Audience would navigate through like a pre-show setup on stage. And we definitely had the audience that like they would get excited and start dancing. We were completely fine. You know, we were able to to navigate that. And we, you know, we knew that anything could happen. So we were set up for that. That's got to be so exciting to see that anything can happen. Yeah, it's great. And it really um, creates an experience for the audience, you know, as opposed to passively observing performance. It's just a completely different experience to be actually a part of the performance and to be up close with the performers. I think it really adds an exciting layer, layer for the audience. Were you at all involved in Rosewalk Green Ice? Yes. Yes, uh, I was definitely part of that process. That process sounded fascinating to me, and so much of it was coming out of Teresa's head, but all the other participants had to have contributed from their own experience. With Teresa in general, it's a very collaborative process, which Mm -hmm. is really amazing because you can really use every performer's unique talent. And they're really, everybody's bringing themselves into the piece, which ultimately I think is going to achieve more as opposed to just putting movement on a dancer we actually invite the dancers to come up with their own movement material and then Teresa would direct it in certain ways you know to to get the message across as a stage director for a dance performance where all of the dancers are contributing how do you allow for some agency with the dancers while at the same time maintain the integrity of the work that's a good question it's 
definitely a balance that you have to find because right. the dancers know the direction we're going in, but then also allow the freedom for the dancers to be comfortable to find their own voice and to bring themselves into the process of so it's a it's a navigation it's a constantly like dialing up and down you know the volume and <laughs> <Right>. just like <laughs> um so yeah it's, it's definitely a challenge to find that balance and to keep that vision very clear in our heads too right where we want to go and not to you know like go which sometimes it's actually interesting because a dancer might come up with something and it gives us an idea to actually go into a different direction, which could be a good thing too. So we're keeping an open mind, but the overall vision, you know, has to stay clear. Have you ever had the experience of having that thought that comes and feels like it's a really good idea, but it's not the right idea for this piece? Can you hold on to that and use it again? Yeah, I think definitely. You know, those things were just like some, um, you know, like it's a box of recipes um, or ingredients that you can come back to maybe for the next project or even for the same project at a different time in the piece. Yeah, I know. Therese and I talked a little bit when I interviewed her about developing um, a voice, uh, the dancer's voice for a particular troupe. And you have danced with many, many troops, um, some very big names. How do you make that shift? And then, of course, add to that your film work. Do you find that you're shifting your own voice as you move from one group to another? Everything adds to your experience, and every project I've done has helped me grow as an artist and as a performer and as a choreographer. So I think that's just like in life, right? We're going right. through life having certain experiences, and they're actually going to help us find our own voice and, you know, contribute to our growth, hopefully. Right. And you really don't want to be static. You you want to, you want to always be changing. So that means maybe the voice of a whole group will end up evolving. Exactly. And it's very interesting because I've worked with Teresa. We met at the Ailey School in the dance program being students. And then right. I actually danced for her when she first started her company. That was about eight years ago, even longer ago. And her approach was very different back then. The way she works has definitely evolved over time. And I can see that growth, right, from like nine years ago to how she yeah. works now. And there's definitely a, an evolution there. You certainly know that you've evolved as well. Right. <laughs> I mean, I have done choreography for a long, long time. And if I look back at you know, the works that I created back in the day, that's completely different from what I'm doing now. And, you know, but it's that's fine. Like, that's just the journey. Tell me a little bit about your film work. So I've done a few independent dance films, and I'm just really fascinated by the possibilities when you use film in terms of the location, the angle. So, you know, you can zoom in and out of the action, and there's just, so much you can do as opposed to having a choreography for the stage. I'm very much a storyteller. I really like telling a story, and I think film really allows you to do that. So um, I'm experimenting with it. <laughs> the possibilities are endless. I really yeah. believe uh, in film. And it's a, it's a new challenge, you know. I always like new challenges and just exploring different areas. So that's a, it's a great way to do that yeah. for me. The idea of movement and film, you're right, that makes so much sense because film really is about movement. Absolutely, right. It's yeah. like how you shoot it. Like 
even like the movement of the camera, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. like all like choreography. Do you choreograph the camera while you're choreographing the dance? I usually work together with a director and she's the one who, you know, choreographs the camera, but there's a collaboration there where I know what is the focus of each moment. You know, it could be just the movement of a hand or a foot or, you know, sometimes I want to capture the whole image from afar. So there's a, there's a collaboration, but I also rely very much on my director friend who has studied film. And I think there's a lot to learn. So like I'm just diving into it without <laughs> really having that knowledge, the technical knowledge of how to create film. So it's good to work with somebody who has that knowledge. You probably have them think in new and different ways, which might be a very exciting thing. Right, exactly. Yeah, because they, you know, a lot of times in film that they haven't necessarily worked with movement before, that's, you know, at least true for my collaborators. So there's there are things that we can learn from each other. I interviewed Cynthia Hennan Marino a few weeks ago, and she's a stage manager who um, is currently working in the Northwest uh, with an opera company where they're using projections, and they film these projections and they create these 3D things on stage that the live performers are interacting with. Have you ever thought about using film in a live performance? I have. I mean, there is to certain degree. I designed some projections for uh, Teresa Stallion for body story mm-hmm. um and that was a very much it was basically basically a collage of images photos um and i created a projection for a piece that she choreographed um i think two years ago so it was very much a conversation between what was going on on stage and what was projected in the background adds another layer. That's another very exciting option. Yeah, and I think we're so oriented towards screens now. I expect we'll see more and more of that. Definitely. It's going to be, yeah, I think that's going to be um, explored more and more. What kind of applications do you see for the kind of work you're doing? Is it strictly live audience, or do you see delving into digital work with dance? What I've been exploring lately is virtual reality. I'm actually working on a virtual reality dance piece where the audience is going to be very, very similar to immersive theater where you're a part of the action. Yeah, I'm working on a piece where the audience is going to go through an experience and there's going to be dance and storytelling along the way. That sounds so progressive. I love the idea. Yeah, and I think that's coming more and more now. You know, even with my films that I've done and that I've had at film festivals, they're actually film festivals that focus on virtual reality. And it's a really good time to get into that now because these festivals are looking for virtual reality films. So there is a demand for it. And again, it's this difference of um, passively consuming entertainment or uh, having that experience to be a part of the entertainment. How is it different being a director of a virtual reality piece? There are definitely challenges in terms of virtual reality because of the way you shoot it. There's a 360 camera, right? So the camera shoots 360 degrees all around. So you have to be very mindful of the setup of the space. If you were, for example, shooting outside in a park, you'll be able to see your crew members, right? So they actually have to (laughs) 
hide, so you have to make sure there is completely clear, like 360 degrees. You have to make sure there's no obstructions or nothing. And that's much harder than shooting from one direction, right? Things you have to consider with that. And it's just a, it's a completely different way of working, and I'm still learning a lot about it, but I'm excited to, you know, get more into that kind of work. It must change your storytelling because you can't focus on just one thing. Right, exactly. And then there's also different degrees of how many choices or what kind of choices the audience can make because they are a part of the action, right? So they might choose to go left or they might choose to go right. So you have to account for that and plan for that. So it's a lot more complex, you know. It's not just I'm telling my story and you're going to listen or watch the story, but they are part of the story. So you have to, yeah, there are a lot more layers than in regular storytelling. That probably takes a few more people to pull that off, too. Yes, absolutely. But my, again, my director friend, she actually, she's writing her uh, PhD on virtual reality right now. So she's a good person to collaborate (laughs) with. So, again, you need somebody with that knowledge, you know. I think that's really important to surround yourself with people who can, you know, you can learn from, they can learn from you. It's, It's all about collaboration. The collaborative process with something like that must be so in depth and I'm thinking you you probably have to be able to really communicate well with your collaborators. Yes, absolutely. I think you have to be on the same page and it's just amazing when you find people that you can communicate with and they understand what you're trying to do and everybody's working together to achieve that goal. Yeah, it's it's really nice to to find people who are, you know, on the same wavelength. That's very exciting. So tell me a little something about what you're working on right now that's coming up. Right now with Body Stories, we're working on a brand new piece. We actually just started rehearsal and we're working on a new piece that is going to premiere in December at Trinitarian Arts in Brooklyn here in New York. So that's an exciting process. You know, we're like starting from scratch and we're just experimenting in the studio right now. So that's going to be a very um, intense process leading up to uh, December. And in terms of my own project, I'm getting ready to shoot this uh, virtual reality dance film, um, which is uh, going to happen this summer. So this is really the preparation phase where we have to put all the pieces in place. And that's not going to be finished. You know, that's always a long process with film. After you mm-hmm. shoot it, the editing, the music, everything, that takes a while. So that won't come out until about a year from now, I would say. But it's a very intense time of year for you. Yes, absolutely. Very <laughs> exciting. It's all all great things. <laughs> I'm very I, thankful. Knowing that, I so appreciate you taking time to talk with me. Is there any bit of advice that you would give to someone who is who is following in your footsteps? I think the most important thing, I mean, if you're just starting out, Keep an open mind and do as many different things as you can to really immerse yourself. You know, working with different people to ultimately, again, find your own voice and find what it is that you're interested in. And if you create your own work, just, you know, stay true to that voice. And don't worry too much about what people might want to see. But really make sure you tell your story and, you know, you tell a story that is going to move people and, you know, inspire.
ultimately. Oh, I love that. That is something we talk about a lot here is uh, audience as your final collaborator and telling stories because stories alter culture. Right, stories. exactly. And it's, that's what art is about, right? It's there to inspire people, to move people. And I think it's so important to have that. I can't let you go without mentioning your accent, which is beautiful. <laughs> T- tell me where you're from originally. So I'm originally from Germany and I've moved, I moved to New York almost 15 years ago, so New York has been my home for quite a while now. But it's funny with the accent, most people can't place it, so <laughs> I guess well, you get typical German accent. And you've been a lot of other places, too. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe. It's just this weird blend, and I don't think I'll ever lose the accent. It doesn't matter how long I'm going to be in the U.S. for, <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> it's probably a blend of a lot of things, maybe a little bit of Brooklyn, a little bit of Germany. It's part of your charm. Charlie Wenzel, thank you for joining us on Sally Pal. You've been wonderful. <laughs> it's time now for concise advice from the interview, where I share bits of advice from virtual reality dancer Charlie Wenzel. Number nine keep your overall vision for a performance clear. Number eight, good ideas are like ingredients that you can come back to or choose not to use. Number seven, every project helps you grow as an artist. Number six, surround yourself with people you can learn from. Number five, find people who want to work together to achieve a common goal. Number four, Keep an open mind. Number three, find your own voice by immersing yourself in your art. Number two, don't worry what you think other people want to see. And the number one piece of advice from virtual reality dance queen Charlie Wenzel? And the number one piece of advice from virtual reality dance queen Charlie Wenzel? Stay true to your voice. That's it for concise advice from the interview. Check out the blog, sallypal.com, for articles and podcast episodes. You, too, can be a Sally Pal. Don't forget, Emily and I will be at New York's Town Stages with a live feed on Wednesday, August 8th, starting at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Join me and Emily to celebrate one year of Sally Pal and performing arts... Check the blog and show notes for the link. It's https colon backslash backslash y-o-u-t-u dot b-e backslash underscore one capital X capital N capital A little t capital Z little i capital I little v capital M. When I get some subscribers on YouTube, I can have a more memorable link. Thank you for following, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, joining, and thank you for listening. Now I have one bit of wisdom from my husband, George, the coolest guy on the planet. George, what's your wisdom for today? He who does not risk never gets to drink champagne. Well said, George. Well said. Excellent advice indeed. If you're downloading and listening on your drive to work, or falling asleep to my live feed like my sister will, let me know you're out there. 
Storytelling is the most important thing we do as a culture. That's why I encourage you to share your stories, because you're the only one with your particular point of view. And Sally Pal is here with resources, encouragement, and a growing community of storytellers. All the stories ever expressed once lived only in someone's imagination. Now, stay true to your voice. You may be able to tell from her accent that she's... What can you tell from my accent? We're going to try that again. My daughter, writer Emer... Writer... <laughs> Emile. Writer Ernie Adams. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, let's get this right. I, I'm amazed that I got through all of those words. God bless America. Oh, oh that's because I'm doing my little bit to shut down my stuff. Hey, babe, can I have you stop crackling paper for just a second? Oh, my bad. Okay, seriously? Okay, crackle away. <laughs>